Welcome to Get to Know, a special edition of the One Pres Pod, in which we will have conversations with members and those affiliated with First Presbyterian Church. We'll hear their stories, learn about their faith, and talk to them about how they do the work of Jesus Christ in their lives. Join us. Hello there, I'm Reverend Tasha Blackburn uh, with First Presbyterian Church, and this is Get to Know, our uh, First Pres podcast as we get to know different members of our congregation. I'm here on a rainy uh, Friday morning, uh, so that rain may come into play with our audio here. This will be fun. I'm here with uh, member Dylan Brumley this morning. Good morning, Dylan. Good morning, Tasha. <laughs> I thought uh, you would be such a good person to interview, A, because you're so interesting. Thank you. And B, because you are the newest uh, staff member at First Press. Yes. What is your title? It's something very long and impressive. Officially, I am the Youth and Young Adult Facilitator. Yes. You could make that title even longer if you went to what? Facilitator for youth and young adults. You know, yes. you could even elongate it. I think that'd be impressive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so youth and young adults, that's in the title. So I thought maybe we'd begin there. Tell us a little bit about your background growing up. What got you to that business card? Sure. Well, I am <laughs> a southern Oklahoma boy. I'm Ooh. from a small town called Paul's Valley, uh, right on the interstate, uh, Interstate 35. Um I went to school at the University of Tulsa and got my bachelor's there. Um, That's really kind of where my youth work started. Um, I joined the summer staff at Dwight Mission while I was in college as a counselor. Um, Our youth pastor at at Tulsa, uh, Michael Homan, shout out, Michael, if you're listening out there. Michael. Um, He really pushed me to joined the summer camp staff because he knew that that would be a talent that I would have because he also wanted me to be a youth leader at First Presbyterian Church in Tulsa uh, in their Pathfinder program so he thought try camp and then we'll try that the fall and it kind of worked out um that 2012 summer was really transformative for me I would say and you were how old uh 19 I turned 19 that summer wow yeah so what what did it transform uh, it just showed me that, um, maybe I can find something to do, you know, with my mm-hmm. life. Um, it, I mentored and tutored kids after school and high school. So I knew a little bit there that I liked working with kids and they were fun to be around. I mean, they say the silliest stuff. So, uh, it's where you get your, <laughs> your good quotes, uh, for the day. Um, so I kind of knew that I enjoyed working with them, but then really seeing, um, more in-depth work and um, just what you put in and what they get out of it really kind of opened my eyes to everything Mm -hmm. that summer. Um, The relationships I formed with my staff members uh, and just the foundations I laid with the kids that Mm -hmm. kept coming back summer after summer um, and even then made it to my staff later on. um, So did you go back to Dwight Mission after that summer, you, it wasn't just a one-off? Yeah, I was not a one-and-done. I put in two <laughs> summers there, uh, 2012 and 2013. Um, 
And then I went back later to serve as the program director at Dwight Mission, too. Yeah. So I did two summers, two stints, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Two tours of duty. Yes, two tours of duty. <laughs> Served my time. That's right. So here's a question. Um, when you look at sort of years of working with youth uh, and then over time, what have been those kind of, you know, sometimes we call them mountaintop experiences. What have been those experiences that keep you coming back that you say wow that's right that that's why I come back to it what what have been some of those where do you find them happening um I mean I hate to say that more on the the bigger events is where I saw a lot of them happen um we in 2014 I was a youth intern at First Presbyterian Church in Tulsa and we took our high school interns on a uh, retreat to New Mexico. We drove out west mm-hmm. and explored, and we stayed one night at a Benedictine monastery. Oh wow! Or it was an abbey because it was yeah. male and female. Yeah. Um, but seeing um, them discover for the first time faith that was not uh, reformed, not Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Um, Watch the funny thing was watching them uh, and watching myself do it too. Sit through um, a rosary session mm-hmm. and have to go through the whole rosary for the whole hour. Um, I remember saying the Apostles' Creed, and we got to the part where the Catholics stop and start over, and we kept going. Uh, we all kind of turned and looked at each other awkwardly, <laughs> um, but it, it was really fun. You know, you're talking about mountaintop experiences. Literally, we're standing at the top of a mountain, looking down at a valley. At this, That's right. At we this call abbey. them that for a reason. Yeah. That they do seem to happen mm-hmm. with a view. Yes, of course, with a, a nice view of the <laughs> um, the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. I think. Oh wow. Yes, the Blood of Christ Mountains. Yes. Um, and then. Um, so it was their first chance, yeah, it sounds a- like, to really see that Christianity and Christian faith is not just sort of this creek. Yes. It's this really wide river. Yes. That's got to be pretty special to have been able to look into that with them. You know, like to be present as they start to see that. It was the first really tangible way of showing them that our way is not the only way of uh-huh. worshiping. Um, our standard go to church, go to church on Wednesdays, yeah. um, is not the only way of doing it. And there's beauty in other ways of worshiping. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, have there been any? Uh, have there been any of those that were maybe uh, less mountaintop? <laughs> what have the frustrating times looked like? I remember um, when no, I was, I'm sure there weren't any. Oh, right, right none. Right, no, Maybe all of one. Stellar. Maybe one. Just this one time, <laughs> I can remember um, one of my campers at camp. I love him to death. Now he's great, um, but he he needed a little more attention in our group and uh, needed a lot of help um, getting along with others and just working on our patience. He um, we spent a week with him got him out of camp and I went back to Tulsa to go back to my youth group and wouldn't you know it the first kid that walks in the door that night for our first meeting of the semester is the same kid I worked with and he just had the biggest grin on his face and he was so happy to see me and deep down inside my heart just just sunk 
I was going to say, how oh, did you feel to hey, see him? Hey, bud. How you doing? You worked on your neutral face. Yes. Very quickly learned how to get a good poker face. <laughs> yeah. I I have sometimes joked that if you do youth ministry for, or children's ministry for any length of time, there are certain names you cannot name your own child because those names are ruined for you for all time. Absolutely. <laughs> so maybe I won't have you say his name. No, but, no. But that's not going to be the name of, of any future children, Absolutely right? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> Mine's Caleb. Just Caleb. so I, I okay. can't say that one because, you know. there's Never no met any good Caleb's, so that's oh, fair. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, okay. Uh, you know, when you work with kids, you get the whole gamut. Of course, like working with people. It turns out they're people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh just really interesting people so in working with them and you're a new father yes how old is baker baker is 20 months yes so that will very soon be out of date yes he'll be 21 months he'll be 21 months <laughs> looking to his for his 21st coming up you know big plans big balloons yeah yeah so under two you have mm-hmm. a you have a, an under two-year-old and another one on the way yes Okay, so you had worked with kids from, like, when you were a teenager on. Has anything shifted as you have one in your house? Who, well, perspective or what What are your thoughts on that? Learning not just how to be a mentor but how to be a father is um, a different challenge, I would say. Um, definitely having Baker has changed my perspective on young children especially uh he was my first time to ever really hold a baby um and to really have any experience <laughs> how'd with, that go <laughs> you know it was a lot of fumbling around trying to figure it out do i hold him this way or this way um by the ankles by the ankles yeah, yes, that's of really course. best and shaking the lunch money out of them that's we do that every day um you know, just he was my first experience with really young children and now learning how to kind of do what you do with older kids with younger kids you know um people always ask me if is it scary to be a father and i always say well unless you're scared of playtime all the time then yes it's terrifying <laughs> it's the most hard experience ever but if you like playtime then you're set <laughs> then it's awesome <laughs> okay so obviously 20 months is mm-hmm. your favorite age yes. i mean we just have to say that mm-hmm. you know we're legally obligated Mm -hmm. i feel to say that uh for this podcast putting that aside in the different age kids you've worked with what is your favorite age what what kind of age gets you real revved up man nothing gets me going more than a good group of junior high kids oh my gosh which is what i get every time (laughs) i say that special special human being dylan no they're the best okay so why they have the most energy yeah. They have the best questions mm-hmm. and they need the most affirmation. And I think of all of them mm. and just being able to provide that for them is the most rewarding part. You have a heart for the underdog. I do. And j- nobody's an underdog more than junior high, right? Yes. Everybody dogs on them. Yep. The lowest of the totem pole <laughs> or the first in my heart. <laughs> so what kinds of questions... Uh, what do you think's going on in them in that age range that the questions are getting more interesting, that the thoughts are getting more uh, – are getting deep? What What's going on in them that you've seen? Well, 
I think with junior high kids, um, it's the first time you can really start to challenge their faith. It's where I think a lot of them really start to develop their own feelings um, and thoughts, not just their parents' thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first time you can also to start pushing on their parents' thoughts a little bit and say, well, you know, maybe we shouldn't think that. Or what if we think about it this way? Mm-hmm. Um, so challenging them to just start to think for themselves and on their own. Um, and then once they start doing that, giving them the affirmation that um, if you do feel this way, you should know why you feel that way. And that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. making sure that they know the why behind the reason. Well, it's almost like them developing their faith can be this almost sort of uh, sign of independence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just going lockstep. This is an opportunity to actually join some of those other traits that are happening in junior high, which is like, you're not the boss of me. You know, I and mean, there's also almost a faith aspect to that that's mm-hmm. not dangerous. It's when did you start to feel that happening in your life? When would you say you started to kind of go, okay, wait, is my parents' faith my faith? Is every single aspect of my parents' faith my faith? When when was that for you? When did that? Um, I think it was right around 2008, probably when I was a sophomore in high school. I think okay, I so you're a little 15, bit older. 16. Yeah. yeah. I was a late bloomer. Delayed. Delayed, yes, we like to say, of Dylan. Of course. <laughs> um, I think it was right around my time of my sophomore year in high school. I had just kind of finished up um, the younger parts of summer camp, and I was moving in more of the leadership camps going into high school. Um, my counselors kind of helped push me in a lot of my thinking they showed me some new ways of thinking about stuff um and then whenever uh president obama got elected it was just kind of like a whole world awakening for myself i finally i finally got to see this guy that brain exploded um that i finally felt like i can understand and i agreed with some stuff and it was just really cool Mm -hmm. that hit right at the right age for you it did it It was the perfect time exactly so for you, it was kind of early high school. Was that a scary thing to start to think, what if I don't just believe everything my parents was? Or was it exciting? Or was it some of both? Uh, and was, what do you think it is for kids? I definitely felt like the odd person out. Um, I felt a little different than a lot of other people at my school. Um, what I think it's like for other kids um, – that's just where I, you know, come back to say that they, that's the affirmation that they need to know that it's okay to think on your own. It's okay to have your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can disagree and dissent with things, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't necessarily, as their youth leader or as a mentor in their lives, you can't you can't promise that it'll be okay at home. No, no promises. If they do that, right? Because you don't get to control that. Mm-hmm. But you can at least promise it'll be okay with you. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a really safe place for a kid mm-hmm. to land. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. So what what were some of your big faith questions that kind of started you down that road to trying to work through things yourself? I don't pretend you're at the culmination yet sure. hopefully you aren't you're not done but what were some of those first big questions that you thought oh wait I don't know if I can just keep on keeping on 
I remember going to youth group at the Baptist church in town one night. Um, and I remember just the way the youth pastor was talking that night about, um, just, I just felt like the way, what he was saying to, to the kids in the room and to everybody, it just didn't sit right with me. You know, it felt more of a, a scaring yourself into believing Uh approach. And, um, I thought, you know what, this isn't for me. So I never, I didn't go back. Um, I tried the youth group at a non-denominational church that some of my friends went to and had a better experience there, I would say for a while. Um, but then eventually it got more into the guilt, shaming, scaring. And I just thought, you know, I don't want to be told that I don't want to be made to feel guilty for who I am. Uh, I'm a sinner, which is fine. We all are. And I shouldn't be made to feel guilty for being myself. Um, Mm -hmm. if, guilt is what drives you to love, then I don't really think that's the right way to go. You should want to feel loved because you know that this person loves you no matter what. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like I started thinking and forming my own thoughts and getting there. That's like like a tip of an iceberg, huge subject you just sort of referenced there. (laughs) Like is if can love be love if it's coerced love? Mm Mm-hmm threatened love right Mm -hmm. and can it be in human relationships and and then certainly can it be in a divine human relationship if it's coerced and threatened love you know that's a big deal Mm -hmm. and so common in youth groups Mm -hmm. I think Um, a lot of threats and and scare tactics yeah um what do you think about what has youth what has youth ministry meant in your own life when you look back you know you already sh- shouted out you know for one let's say it won't mike Did michael, you say, michael 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 my man yeah i mean you know his name right mm-hmm. at your elderly age at this point right um when you look back on it i mean what did it mean to you as a kid growing up in Paul's Valley, what'd that mean to you? I think it always comes back to kind of my greater personal mission statement. Um, growing up in Paul's Valley, I never personally felt like I had the mentor that I really needed and wanted and know now that I would have wanted. Um, so now my goal and mission is to make sure a child has that mentor that I know I would have wanted someone to listen to their questions and to give them patience, to help them figure out the answer, uh, someone to be there to affirm them on the way. Um, and then just someone to, to be goofy with, you know, (laughs) Uh, I just, I always needed that kind of role model figure, um, Mm -hmm. outside of the week at camp that I would get during the summertime. Um, and that is the experience that I want to make sure that kids can have if I get to be a part of their life in a youth group. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's what did you call it? Your personal personal mission statement. Personal mission statement. I need one of those. A PMS. Yes. <laughs> a personal mission statement. Okay, I want to. I do want to ask you uh, related to that. So, 
you know, Presbyterians, here mm-hmm. we are, this one pres pod. Right. Uh, we are reformed people, and nobody really likes to remember what that means. But one of the things it does mean is that we really we believe that not just pastors, not just uh, church employees uh, have a vocation, but everybody has a vocation. So we may have our day job, and that might be our vocation, and we may have our day job, and that's not our vocation. Our vocation is this other thing. So I wanted to maybe spend a couple of minutes, because you are also one of the managers at Tacos for Life. Shout out. Shout out. Here in town. Best tacos in town. Um, Sorry, La Huerta. Uh, (laughs) How do you... How do you organize that in your own life? How do you organize that in your own heart of, I work for Tacos for Life. I am also a person of faith. I, I bring both. I, I cannot n- not be me in these things. What? How do you see vocation um, in whatever you do on any given Monday? Vocation... I think for me, um, it's just really, it kind of comes back to me for like the definition of success and whether you find yourself successful or not. Um, I know that, you know, tacos for life is not a forever thing. I know that youth work is something that is in my foundation and that is something that I'm deeply passionate about. Um, I know that in my time that I get to spend at work, um, I have a chance to provide the same kind of mentorship to other people that um, maybe this middle-aged person didn't have. Uh, maybe I can still be that mm-hmm. kind of that role-modeled mentor person for someone who really needs that and that second chance to listen. Um, but I think that my ministry hopefully someday can be my big cornerstone my big mark left on the world Mm. yeah ah that that's a big goal Mm -hmm. that's great so what is your definition of success it's a tough question um i i think your own definition of success is hopefully at the end of the day you're just proud of what you do and what Uh and the work that you do um knowing that it doesn't matter what other people are doing to be successful as long as you are happy and proud of your work and your success then yeah you have to live in your own skin i do hard to get away from it it's it's tough sometimes (laughs) wait i need to get away from me (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so before we before we sign off uh i i want to what would be and maybe it's been said maybe you are yearning for it to be said what would be just the best thing, a youth or a teenager or a young adult, what would be just the best thing they could say to you? Maybe that they could come back and say to you years later. I mean, what, what would be, what would you, what would you have you know that was success? Like, yeah, that, that just hit the definition of what you were just talking about even. Hopefully they would have had an experience that they could have, used some of the lessons that we taught them um, and say, hey, Dylan, this one time I exerted a lot of patience with this person and I really tried. And I remembered that you taught us about that one time. Um, maybe they could just come back to me and say, you rock. 
and that would be great. <laughs> um, or just a simple thank you would would be fine too. Um, but I don't do youth ministry for you know the laurels and the the praises and all that stuff. I, I do it because I I know that um, I have a gift to give to somebody and I have a, a talent that I want to share and I want other kids to have. Um, but the I just think the best thing they could say is um, I remembered something mm-hmm. that you taught me and I used it. <laughs> oh wow! And the second and yeah. I used it. And well, I that used would be it. great. Yes, that it? would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be great. Mm-hmm. This has been so much fun. I'm going to speak for you and this say it's been, been fun, Dylan. No, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been great to get a chance to get to know you better, have the congregation hopefully get to know you better, um, have the community get to know you better. And we're really excited to have you on staff. It, it was a great uh, beginning, wasn't it, with coronavirus? Yes. Uh, you came on staff and, and then um, – and then we shut down. Yep. Perfect way to get to know everybody. <laughs> it's over been Zoom. perfect to get to know. Yeah, over Zoom. Yep. So thank you so much. And uh, thanks for giving us the time today. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to Get to Know, part of the One Prez Pod. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you find podcasts. And check out the church's social media on Facebook and Instagram. You can visit the church's website at oneprez.org. Thanks for listening. Until later, peace.